Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. I'm so grateful you're here with us, and I'm thankful to be your host. We're going to be looking today at ancient Aram and the Kings period, Kings, Chronicles, Kings of Aram mentioned in Scripture, Northern Kingdom, Southern Kingdom. This is obviously after the United Kingdom period, the division of Northern Southern Israel has happened. So let's get started. We're on page 54 of this wonderful Wycliffe Dictionary of Biblical Archaeology by Pfeiffer. Read a little bit. Fair use makes some comments around it. So thanks for joining us today and uh, share with your friends, family, church family, put it on social media and uh, subscribe. Leave a five-star review, please. Just helps us people find us. Join us daily. Love to see you here. We appreciate all our longtime listeners. We have no record of battles between Ben-Hadad and Omri of Israel. Omri, very famous in the ancient world. Omri was a strong monarch who sought to make Israel a world power. Of course, Ahab was his offspring. The Moabite stone tells how he forced Moab to pay heavy tribute by marrying his son Ahab to Jezebel, daughter of Ethbel, king of the Sidonians. Omri entered into an alliance with the Phoenicians. He also built a new capital at Shechem, a site more easily defended than Terza. The growing power of Assyria probably also acted as a deterrent to Ben-Hadad's aggression against Israel. In the days of Ahab, however, hostilities were resumed between Damascus and Israel. Ahab gave attention to building fortifications and cultivating alliances. And he didn't have a very large army, if you read the biblical uh, historical accounts of that. His marriage to a Phoenician princess and his dedication to the Baal cult was designed in part at least to ensure powerful allies. Ben-Hadad, who had ambitions of his own, gathered a powerful coalition and attacked Israel. Ahab defeated the Arameans, and Ben-Hadad barely escaped with his life. There were like 32 kings with him and then 32 generals after he lost the first time. The next year, the Arameans were again ready to challenge Ahab's power. And it's kind of, notice Aramean and uh, Syrian are very close related here. And they suffered a crushing defeat at Aphek, where they learned that Israel's God was not really a God of the hills. Ahab spared the life of Ben-Hadad, and apart from insisting that Israelite cities taken earlier by the Arameans be restored and securing commercial rights for Israelite merchants in Damascus, the Arameans were unpunished. First Kings 20. Ahab was aware of the increasing Assyrian threat to all the states of Western Asia, and he may have felt that a policy of friendship to the Arameans would pay off in the end. A year later, the Arameans, the Israelites, and their neighbors stood together to resist the Assyrian king Shalmaneser III at Karkar, a very famous battle of the ancient world, Q-A-R, Q-A-R, that was in 855 B.C., Shalmaneser had moved with virtually no opposition through Western Asia until he reached Karkar, the fortress which guarded the approaches to Hamath and lower Syria. Shalmaneser's monolith inscription gives his account of the battle, which he interpreted as a great Assyrian victory. The fact that Shalmaneser did not press on toward Hamath or follow up his alleged victory suggests he had learned that a tactical retreat was the safest way to meet the emergency. And that happened all the time in the ancient world. History written by the victors. When they could write, it didn't matter if they suffered defeat or what. If they could write it, it was going to be a great victory. 
But we still see that, like, in totalitarian regimes and stuff to this day. God bless you. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Join us daily and uh, pray for us. We'll talk with you later. God bless this wonderful journey of biblical archaeology. The Bible is 100% true. Bye-bye.